0: I'm locked locked up up in memories They all intertwine The memories within In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that zone will come You will never know what you
1: have done. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the of Stop Child Abuse Now. So we're excited to have you this evening. My beautiful host is, this evening is um, Dr. Nancy. <laughs> And I am Kim, and I'm going to be the co-host this evening. And we have a beautiful guest, and I'm excited to um, hear her story here in a few minutes. But um, first of all, we have a single purpose here at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, and we do so with two goals. One, by educating the public especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, also known as CSA, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths and providing services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And so this evening, we are on scan number 3151, and if you would like to call in, we'd love to have you be a part of our
2: panel, and you
1: can ask our guest questions, um, and then I'm, I'm going to have Dr. Nipsey go ahead and, and enter, or, yeah <laughs> introduce our guest, <laughs> but we'd love to have you call in and be a part of it. <laughs> hey, Dr. <Yeah>. Nipsey. <laughs>
3: Hi, good evening. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, Again, we are on scan number 3151, and that number to call, again, is that 646-595-2118. You all excuse me if my voice sounds a little bit, a little different. I'm getting over a cold, but um, it's so good to have a voice again because I did lose my voice. I'm going to introduce our wonderful guest tonight. Her name is Kimberly Howell. She is from Minnetowoc, Wisconsin. Okay, never heard of that, so I hope I pronounced it appropriately. Uh, who says, I was a foster kid at age two, adopted by my foster parents at age seven. I became a, a foster parent at age 28. And now I spend every dime I have trying to bring them down. Kim reports, I advocate against foster care and advocate for parents' and children's rights. Hers is a terrible story. My four grandchildren were legally kidnapped December 2019. She goes on, I have PTSD, panic attack disorder, and agoraphobia agoraphobia, sorry about that, which is anxiety from being in crowd and strangers. There's a video on the website from the child's eyes and what they went through as a child abducted by the state to receive bonus money for children to receive Title IV federal funding. The Children's Guardian Aid item and Although he gets paid, as has never met one of the grandchildren. He's never submitted a report to the parents or court. Although his job description says he's to conduct his own independent investigation, and he has never spoken to me. The school, the mentors, church, Salvation Army, and so many people these children had uh, significant relationships with. One of Kim's friends writes, my granddaughter was molested in her first foster home the week after she was taken from us. And then when we were about to get her back, they changed caseworkers and shipped my granddaughter off to another country until she was put in another foster home so she could be adopted by them. They threatened my son and daughter-in-law to give up their legal rights to her, or they would they would take away any future ch- children they might have. And Tim replied, "They did the exact same thing to me, threatened me to waive my rights to a trial, or I ha- I'd never see my grandchildren again. So I did, and I've never seen them anyway." Wow, sorry about that. Kept bumping into a couple of uh, little hurdles there. Wow, Um, I can't wait for this, for our wonderful guest, Ms. Kim, to join us. You know, I've I've heard a lot about this type of uh, story happening with with children being legally, uh, you know, abducted pretty much. Um, I haven't heard them ship them to another country, so this is going to be pretty interesting to get more uh, information on this story. Have you um, heard of this before, Kimberly? Ms. Kim? Um,
1: no, I haven't. We have not heard of it. So yeah, yeah hopefully we can have her come on. Um if you'd like we could talk a little bit about Child Abuse Awareness Month, which we're in now. April is Child Abuse Awareness Month. And we could talk a little mm-hmm. bit about um that. I we're waiting for Kimberly to come on, hopefully she'll she come on here. Yeah. <laughs> we may That's have time going except up or something that you never know, <laughs> but, um, Definitely. you know, there's so many, there's so much impact that happens and it's not just on the child, it's not just on that family, um, like there's economic impact and social impact and health impact and the health and social impacts of child sexual abuse on uh, a survivor last pretty much a lifetime. And it affects all socially and financially all of us because we pay taxes, and the average lifetime cost per victim of child abuse is two thousand or two hundred and ten thousand dollars and I'm sure it's even more than that because inflation and stuff has gone up and this is our this is coming from our our old statistics we have new statistics- statistics that are coming out right away and And I'm looking this stuff up. There's some stuff on darknessdolight.org, which is one of the organizations that I'm a part of. And um, so when you talk about that impact and what it costs annually, they're, um, like I said, they're largely paid for by the public sector and the taxpayers because they include things like health care costs and criminal justice costs and child welfare like you know we're going to talk about this evening with kimberly it looks like Bill is on it's me <laughs> did no, you want to say something
0: hey mm-hmm. yeah
4: of i want to ex- i want to explain what's going on i have contacted yeah. kimberly and i've gotten the information from her and i've made up a, a description of what she'll talk about here right beside us she's a foster care person who um is not very happy with what happened to her and uh, her children were sort of legally kidnapped in December of, 19, of 2019, she says. So it affected her greatly, and she has now uh, a, a movement going on to, uh, you know, to to complain and fix foster care in Wisconsin. That's where she's from. I've, I'm trying to get her to acknowledge me. I have I have been. She gave me all this information, and uh, now I can't find her. So just hang in there, and I will let me go okay. and find her, okay? And and we'll get it all together. Thanks, ladies.
3: Thanks,
4: <laughs> thanks, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Oh, you're welcome.
3: Yes, yeah. this is a very yeah. important topic. Um, like I said, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about this particular topic where they're going into, um, you know, feeling like the system instead of helping them. It worked against them. And just like you said, Ms. Kim, earlier, this has a really big impact, not just on the children, but, I mean, you know, focusing on the children, this has a severe impact on the children being taken away from their families. And it definitely does affect the whole family. And like you said, not only does it affect the children and the family, it also affects the community. It just has a big impact on on all of us. Uh, if you start going deeper like you just did with uh, tax money and all of that But, um, you know, I, I really do hope that Ms. Kimberly makes it tonight Because this is something that, um, that a lot of people are dealing with in silence I have uh, people on my Facebook And I see them talking about this topic Like they're currently going through it right now And um, they're fighting to get their children back So this is something very serious that's happening that uh, we need to raise awareness on, you know, because a lot of us don't even know that this is going on. Uh, we also have uh, Philip. He is uh, on the panel, not sure. if he would like to uh, make a comment or if he has anything in particular to add. Um. Hello. How's everybody doing tonight?
0: Hi, Phillip. Hi, Philip. Hi, Phillip. Hi, Phillip. <laughs>
3: Great to have you. Um, I don't have a comment.
1: Mm, not right now. No comment.
3: Okay. No. That's okay. All right, but um, yeah. So um, I know, Miss Kim, well, you gonna said say... that. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: I, well, no. I was just thinking that um, I've heard a lot of the bad things about it, and you don't really hear a whole lot of really good stories. And I know that we have. One of our other hosts on NASCA, um, Dan uh, Victoria, and she talks about how her experience was so different and that she actually mm-hmm. gave her kids up and but she still was able to keep in touch with them. So yeah, you do hear mm-hmm. more of the horror stories and but I haven't ever heard of them being shipped off to another country either. Like you said, that's just crazy and especially two thousand nineteen. I mean I guess that was the yeah. time when there was a lot of chaos going on in the world, but um, that's,
3: yeah, that's ridiculous. I, that's too bad. Yeah, that's very, very sad. Um, I, like you said, I cannot imagine how that happened where the child was taken to a whole other country. I never heard of that. So, um, again, we're really looking forward to hearing more about the story. I know you were saying earlier, Ms. Kim, that you had just some information um, to share about the safety of our children, especially with it being um, Child Abuse Protection Month. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah, Child Abuse Awareness Month. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Awareness. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay,
3: Awareness Month. And you do? um, I know you do. stewards, stewards of children. Is that the name of the program?
1: I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's Darkness to Light, Stewards of Children. And mm-hmm. um we go out and we teach a two hour child sexual abuse prevention class. It's and now being extended to two and a half hours. Um because okay. we're we're getting new curriculum. We're we're starting to roll that out just this month. So that's exciting. But um so and okay. we'll have a lot of statistics and stuff that are updated on that. But um yeah, with Okay. The the one main statistic, one in ten children, I mean, that's probably not correct. I mean, you know, when you think about it, Mm -hmm. because so many kids don't say until they're a lot older. You know, they won't even say anything about their abuse. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah,
1: it's it's something that people need to be aware of. And as adults, we need to kind of take back that responsibility, because I think we've put it on the children for a long time. Tell us if something happens. And then, you know, as a lot of us that are on this show know that a lot of times you don't realize immediately what's going on.
0: It takes a little
1: bit of time, especially as a child, and you don't know what's happening. So it's so important, and our goal is to get the awareness out there to adults and make sure that they understand that they're you know, there there are certain ways that you can protect your kids. You know, make sure that you know where your children are at all times. And um, even though the stranger danger thing isn't as relevant, because they say that, you know, 90% of abused children know their abuser, either somebody Mm -hmm. in the family or a friend of the family member, um, there's still that 10%. So you still need to be aware of where your kids are, even when they're out in public and stuff. But you know, being aware of family, which is even harder. I, I you know, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I was on the other end of it, so I can't imagine having to go through that with my child. But I know that it would have it would turn out a lot different than the way that my story went because I have so right. many more tools now. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Do you notice
3: that? Um, have you noticed? more parents wanting to get educated, doing the program that you're doing, yes. being a part of that program. What are
1: you noticing? Yeah. I mean, more
3: parents, more grandparents, more family members, more neighbors. What are, you, what are you noticing more? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think, yeah, I think that young parents, for sure. I actually, uh, probably the majority of my classes are at preschool. Uh, so I think that the okay. younger parents want to know. And I come in, you know, and I'll come in and educate the staff first or sometimes i'll do it all at the same time you know and just invite the parents with them and that way mm-hmm. you know and i always encourage when i go into a preschool and educate the staff i always encourage them to have the parents take this as well so that you're all on the same page and you kind of know how it's all flowing you know and and what what you're being taught and what you're going to and relay back to the children so yeah right
3: yeah, I do have it's older good. kids. Yeah, I do have older kids. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good that they're starting to bring those programs at such an early age. I think it's so important to educate the kids at such an early age, you know, because they're being abused at an early age. It's important to teach the parents how to create a safe space where the children can talk about it and how to open up those conversations. Because I think it's, it's very difficult for parents to speak to their children about that, especially the younger ones, because you kind of feel like you're taking away their innocence by bringing this to their attention. But in reality, we have to do this to protect our children. Um, So educating the parents on how to open up these conversations, how to have safe conversations around the topic, uh, and and allowing them to feel more comfortable. Uh, And it's good that you're doing the trainings not just with, Uh, The parents, but with the staff, I think that a lot of times when you have more people in the room, you hear different perspectives in different ways that could help you find the right words to use that you may not just find from being in a smaller setting. So it just gives you, like, that roundness of how to open up those conversations in a safe way for your children.
1: Yeah. Well, I I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of parents, especially newer parents, realize that Kids will start talking about this at about eight years old and on the playground Mm -hmm. at school, you know. Mm -hmm. When you start getting around Mm -hmm. a big bunch of kids, they're going to start talking. And so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to think of it as do you want your kids to know the truth (laughs) or do you want them to hear all these stories? And then their mind just wanders all over you know, and then they're a little bit lost on the whole subject. So it makes sense from the very beginning to start talking to them, not only – about body safety, but just their body parts in general and that they're not, um, you know, there's nothing bad about your body. You have a breast, you have, you know, you have a breast, you have a penis, you have a vagina, and those shouldn't be bad words. They should just be another word, Mm -hmm. like your elbow and your nose and your ears because they're a part of your anatomy. And if you realize, you know, what you're in control of, this is my, you know, butt. <laughs> Nobody can touch my butt, you know, and right. not me when I go by. then they're going to be aware. Yeah, they'll be more aware. Yeah. And so those are good instances. They're good examples that you can give your kids that starting off young with not making the, the anatomy bad words at all will also help. They've, they've studied it. Um, will also help a predator away. Because if somebody comes up right. and, you know, starts trying to touch them and they're like, "Uh, my mom said you can't touch my penis, they're going to look at them and go, oh, <laughs> you know, that kid knows the name right. of what I'm trying to do. And so they'll probably go tell their parents. So, yeah,
3: it's important. Exactly. I'm really and it's true. Uh,
1: and predators.
3: Yep. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No i oh no i was I was agreeing with you, yeah, no predators they do like uh you know to to pick on the the innocent, quiet, shy kids and the ones that you know are that don't know that, that they're innocent, and so I mean the, a child should still be innocent and just know, and so it is very important to to get educated on how to introduce the conversation. Because it, it sometimes it can be very difficult. I've I've spoken to parents that said to me that they've had a really hard time. I know my um, my daughter was telling me that at my granddaughter's school, she's four years old. They're already having these conversations. They sent her documents for her to sign, approving that these could, they can have these conversations with her. And she said yes. You know she was all over it. Like yep, definitely mm-hmm. educate her. You know help us. Uh, educate the children on this topic and I think that we should not shy away from it and instead we should definitely embrace it if very mm-hmm. needed. Um, and the more you know, those, the better you can protect yourself and your children, yourself as the child.
1: And with those younger kids, um, I at my classes, I always introduce books. For the little kids because there are so many really good books out there right now and I have a list and I have a handful of them that I carry with me and um, those I leave on my grandchildren's bookshelf at my house and so that I know that they're there and from my 10 year old granddaughter mm-hmm. knows that it's been well ever since she was probably about three when I started doing this work <laughs> that I started getting those books and mm-hmm. I've given them all books you know for their house as well. So those are good ways because it just it introduced the whole body safety idea and that you have a right to say no if somebody tries to invade your your personal space. And, um, you know, because we spend so much time telling our kids that they have to mind and they have to obey and they have to listen to this person and they have to, you yeah. know, take orders from this person. <laughs> That's what we're doing all the time. And so we need yeah. to give them that permission to say No. Yeah, we
4: have to be explicit about it, it, ladies, because they don't know. I mean, like you said, they're taught adults are in charge. (laughs) So they're supposed to follow adults. Well, we've got to teach them which adults not to follow, you know, and how to report them and do it right away. Yeah, it's bad. So I'm all for uh, Darkness to Light is a wonderful Organization, I've said this many times before. Jim knows, but just to put it back on the record, anybody who needs um, information about uh, prevention and intervention, basically, in, and especially if you want it to be presented to a group that you belong to, get in touch with Darkness to Light or D2L dot org, <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, and really you can
0: find me
1: on there, there or maybe... <laughs>
4: And there you go. It's there too. <laughs> no. Right. no. Yeah.
1: You can find me.
4: I just wanted to get First back case. to the ladies. I can't get her to bond now, and after asking for her to come come forward so many times, they kicked me out of the group we're in together. <laughs> so oh. um, So I
0: got,
4: I got right. punished for trying to find her. So um, well, it, maybe I, I, know, I mean. Oh, well, yeah, all those messages yeah. are are online, so she, she's, she'll see them eventually. I don't know what happened to her. But anyway. Oh, yeah. I'll stay with you, and we'll do a talk show. <laughs> wow, a talk show. <laughs> 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 a discussion <Okay>. show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That was, good. That
3: was okay. great. But, um, yeah, so, Miss Kim, how would you introduce if I, you know, if a parent comes to you and they're telling you they're really worried about having this conversation, but they've been through abuse, like you know we have, how would you encourage them to start a conversation like that with their child?
0: Um,
1: well, I think that first of all, it's hard a lot of times for survivors if they're not ready. Start having those conversations Mm -hmm. and, you know, so just starting to get used to the idea that it's okay for you to use the word breast, penis, and butt, you know, or vagina. Those are okay words. Mm -hmm. And and it takes a while. I mean, it took me a while to (laughs) get used to saying them. And um, so I think that that's what you, you, as a parent, if you're struggling, you need to start getting more resources on how you can empower yourself. And that's, you know, what we're trying to do at Darkness to Light, too, is empower you, give you these tools. Because as a lot of us know also that if you tell a child, or if a child tells you their story and then you react in a certain way, you know, there's, I think that it's like a less than 5% chance now is, is the latest statistic that I've heard. Um, that a child will lie about being abused. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, they will change their story a lot of times because of a reaction that they got. And it didn't Mm -hmm. seem right to them. Or You know, oh, my gosh, my mom, she's going to kill my dad. So, no, it didn't happen. I don't want my dad to be killed. I mean, you know, so um, uh, that is huge. It's huge, really, in how you can respond to that child and then that child's healing, Um, you know, we've talked about, both of us have talked about our stories and, you know, our stories are so different in the way that our moms reacted, right, in being Mm -hmm. told that there was something going on. I mean, it was the complete opposite. So um, first of all, you have to be willing and able to talk openly to your child about that. And then get some of the books. That's what I would say, too, is I would give them a list of the books that I provide um, to the the parents of the classes that I go to and um, say, you know, just get used to introducing these books to your children. I mean, there's all different ages, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can can do. And there's so many now on Amazon. There's so many really good ones
0: um, out there. So if you
1: could, yeah. If you
3: can, um, if you can suggest a book for our listeners tonight, can you suggest a book that a parent could get to help them have those conversations with their children?
1: Yeah, there's a. Um, well, my granddaughter's favorite one, and it's really cute, and it has little boys in it too. But it, you know, talks about little boys too. But it, it has a little girl on the front, and um, she has a kitten fire and. It's called No Means No. It said, that's the name of the title is No Means No. And um, and it just talks about how there's different people that can come into your life and that it's okay. Like, you know, Aunt Sally comes over and wants to pinch your cheeks. It's okay to say no. You know, how about a, a handshake or a, a fist bump or something like that, you know, that's you know maybe not quite so invading to your your space if that doesn't make you feel so comfortable, or you know uncle or cousin Jimmy that comes over and likes to tackle and tickle you all the time, you know it's okay to say, "No, I don't like that, and if they don't listen to you, then it's okay to get louder and start yelling, no um and so you know being. Being able to understand that it's okay, even if it starts starts off something that you like, like a tickle, a little tickle or something. If it turns into something you don't like, you can change your mind. You can say no, I don't like this game anymore, and um, and get up and walk away. There's another one, and it's kind of it's along the same lines um, as the no means no, and I think it has um, no seek sequ- no more secrets or something. I've got them all written down. I just don't have them right in front of me. Um, and I show them all the time. But, you know, when you're put on the spot, you're like, what is it? But there's, um, there's one that talks yeah, about. that was good. Yeah, one of them talks about um, if you're having a sleepover, and I think I've said this on the show, before like if a child is having a sleepover at a friend's house and mm-hmm. their friend starts getting inappropriate, And then so you go to that friend's mom and say, you know, I want to go home. I don't feel comfortable here anymore, and I want to go home. And the friend's mom just kind of blows you off and says, oh, go back and play. You'll be fine, you know, um, which happens. That kind of thing happens all the time. Right. So if you don't feel safe with that friend, you can do things like lock yourself in a bathroom, you know, sleep in the bathtub if you have to for the night. So, so that you feel safe, do something that helps you feel safe. And if you don't have the means to get a hold of your parent, which gosh, I probably, I wouldn't say any kids these days probably don't have a way to to get a hold of their parents. I know one of my grandchildren has a phone, and he's eleven, and my other granddaughter's ten, and she has one of those phone watches. So those have her parents, different grandparents, live on there as well. So you know, usually. These days, a lot of times kids have ways to be able to get out of a situation, but also giving them that permission to say that it's okay. If you don't feel comfortable, it is okay to leave your friend's house.
3: Right.
4: I'm
1: amazed.
4: I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say I'm amazed at uh, how young kids are when they get a phone nowadays. I mean, they're like right. four and five, and they oh, right. they play with them like it's uh, Tinker Toys or something. They don't know what they're doing yeah. yet, but eventually they're totally comfortable with having a phone in their hand, you know, because they've had one in yeah. there for years. I mean, it's amazing. They know it's a game. It's a game, right. And uh, their mom gives it, it to them to occupy it, right? <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I saw this at the, at the hospital a few times when, you know, they were waiting for the doctor to see him, and we're sitting in the waiting room. And the, doc- the mom just doesn't have to pay that much attention to the kid because he's he or she is, you know, fumbling around with the their phone. You know,
0: yeah. it's,
4: it's amazing. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: my amazing. my three-year-old grandchildren carry around iPads. They have their own iPads now, and they carry There you go.
0: Exactly. Go yep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, that was <laughs> a normal for us uh, and it's funny because they're like 2 years old and you see their little fingers moving really fast, swiping and opening yeah. up apps and I'm like what is going on with a 2 year old? You are so right.
4: <laughs> they have no fear. Yeah. You know, of, of these things. They just you just dive in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you. You said something earlier, Miss Kim. You know, uh, you mentioned that a lot of times when kids are telling their story or they're trying to start coming out about something they're dealing with, every course being abused sexually or physically. Uh, a lot of times based on the parents' response or the adults response, they'll start changing their story. And um I remember one of my uh friends in school, she was being she was uh from Puerto Rico, I believe. And um, we went to a bilingual school, and I remember that uh, we used to go to counseling. We used to do, like, the counselor would pull us out as, in a group for sessions. I don't remember if it was weekly or bi, probably biweekly or something. Uh, I think it was just to help get us integrated because we were all, uh, that particular group we were new in the country, and we were learning English and that sort of thing. So, uh Anyways, this this young girl, um, my classmate, she mentioned to the counselor, I guess she just couldn't take it anymore, and, and she started kind of sharing that she was being sexually abused or molested. And um, the counselor was like, you know, I have to report this. And then right after that, she started to just kind of take the story back and, and uh, kind of go backwards with it and just like, oh, no. You know, she thought that the counselor was a safe space, that she can talk to her, but then she realized, like, wait, I can't tell you anything because you're going to get us in trouble. So, so she just felt like she had to suffer in silence. She couldn't talk about it because it wasn't like you could tell me anything, and I'm not going to tell. No, it wasn't that. It was you could tell me anything, but if it's bad, I'm you're going to have to deal with people now because the uh, council was a mandated reporter, and so it, it, and I good for women who've been in abusive relationships and have children and told me, like, they couldn't even tell anybody because those people that are supposed to counsel them would definitely report that the abuse was going on because it could, you know, potentially affect the kids. So, um, and this, you know, not just to take it back to adults, but I'm going to bring it back to kids. A lot of times, you know, that safe space is compromised because, we're mandated reporters, and we really cannot keep that type of secret space. And so they, they start to change their story. So I'm exactly what you were uh, sharing with us, Ms. Kim, that happens with some of these kids.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, and I think... Well, you know, counselors have... Uh, they're required to turn in information if they have it. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. teachers. And counselors have... a. They have to play a game of, um, you know, they have to protect the child too, you know, uh, and keep secrets to, from uh, maybe the parents, but not the authorities. I don't know how. There is a differentiation. Tim, maybe you can explain this better than I am. But the children, um, I don't, I don't want to tell children not to tell.
0: You
4: know? <laughs> but if they think, if they find out, they can't tell. Um, I want whoever they're they're trying to approach to um, you know understand that 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 there's um you know there's a horrible thing going on. They may not be survivors themselves, but they got to be taught there's just a certain horrible thing going on. They're required to um, turn that information over. I, I, I know the child may think you know adult-like thoughts, but they're not adults. You know. Um, And they must be protected. I don't know how to resolve that. Kim, maybe you can help me with this
1: explanation. Well, I'm not sure I can resolve it either. I think think that, as a lot of us know, that was to this show, that the system is broken. I mean, there really is a lot of places that it's broken. And
0: we need to
1: be able to start. You know, changing that, changing the trajectory. Just like, you know, we're all coming out now and trying to make it be not such a secret. That's what needs to happen is we need to stop this whole secret thing from going on. And, um, and then it's going to be easier for kids. So if you're talking openly, you know, like I am in my family, I changed that whole trajectory because Nobody was talking about it when I was a child. And it just kept happening for generations and generations. So, you know, I've I've tried to change that so that everybody who comes in contact with anybody in my family understands that, you know, I've been educated with the kids. I'm not just, you know, sitting around and hoping that um, nothing's going to happen or just expecting it. Going to happen because it happens, and um, just of my, some of you have heard my story. <laughs> that was part of my story that my mom said it just happened. but um, <laughs> yeah, I think that it, we all need to be, you know, doing what we can to start making this a more open subject
0: and not
1: keeping it such a secret. I mean, there's. There's several things that are happening that can do that. And I know that we've talked about, and I know kind of how Bill feels about this, too, that um, Aaron's Law. Aaron's Law, there's nothing really attached to that that makes people do anything, but somehow it gets passed as a law. And then, for instance, in Colorado, most of the schools that I go to, nobody has heard of it. And it was passed in 2015 in Colorado.
0: Right, right. But
1: I can still use that as a jumping-off point and say, you know what, this law was passed in 2015, and we should be having this education out there for the community, and, you know, I'm going to come in. And I've got the added bonus of I've had grant money for the last six years as well from the Colorado Department of Early Childhood Education, and so I'm able to take all the classes that I do. To these organizations for free, which is huge. Um, but even, you know, even just getting this education out there, you know, talking, speaking engagements and things like that and, and getting it out there
4: is huge. Well, you know, Erin Aaron, Aaron, uh, had a, a really great idea. Of course, she had the right experience. She had a father that was backing her and all this and um she did very well with this with saying what was going on. She wrote a book um but you know the i um honestly told her i didn't think that we were going to get the whole country to agree to this and, and of course we didn't uh, and the ones that agreed still didn't put any effort into it because basically mm-hmm. aaron's law aaron's laws were passed that said we shall you know, do this and we will do that. But it doesn't say we, we're going to. You know, we're <laughs> we doing
0: this. And yes.
4: so it left it up to the um, legislators to, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go to the next step. and, and, and Beyond having sort of a, a group of, um, what do you call that, task force, you know, that were putting together ideas for how to present in their state, almost nobody did that. I mean, Ontario did, and then they took it back, but not not in the U.S. Um,
1: kind of, no.
4: kind of Or they adopt
1: part of it. Yeah, they what I find of though, is they'll still do the kids. They'll still do kind of the a little kid education thing, but yep. um, it usually rolls kind of into that whole sex education, and it's not much really, no. you know. <laughs> no,
0: no. Yeah. Really? <laughs> we need to get out
3: I think It's definitely important. Yeah, it's important to have these conversations. I mean, it's really, really important to have these conversations. I remember, um, again, in one of the counseling sessions, um, I mentioned to the counselor, I said something to her. Uh, and then she said, you know, and, and culturally, there's a big culture difference. Um, you know, and, and not to say it's only culturally that, you know, that the discipline is different, but it's like a big deal to disrespect adults. Like today, sometimes for these kids, my mouth drops to the floor the way they're able to speak to adults because I wasn't able to do that, not even a little bit. Yeah. I would have got popped. I would have got spanked. I would have got jacked up. So I remember one time I was speaking to the – we were in this session uh, with the counselor, and I said something to her, and then she made another comment. And I remember all I remember is saying, "Oh no way, my mother would kill me." But I didn't mean it in a literal sense. And then she stopped and was like, "What do you mean she would kill you?" Like she was trying to like get something out of me that I was going to say that, you know. I was like, "Oh no, I mean, I was, I, I was just, I didn't know how to explain it as a child that I was, just, that was just a figure speech. I didn't mean it." that way, but it just automatically made me go, oh, she's not a safe person. She's trying to get me in trouble, you know. So um, I think it's definitely important for us, for, for uh, family members and, um, you know, and close friends and, you know, to, to be the ones to really um, try to create a safe space where you can really allow the kids to, to feel safe, to be able to talk about anything anything and then um you know because it is very difficult when it comes to uh, outside of the family i've had people tell me inside of the family there, that there was abuse going on and and they dealt with it kind of like you know uh sent him send the, the perpetrator to a program and then they kind of put the child you know in counseling because uh, the teenager touched the child uh, didn't penetrate, but just, you know, but did touch the child, not just did touch, did touch the child. And they dealt with it within the family in a way where it didn't um, escalate. Um, and so in those cases, sometimes you have to be careful, because if you don't get that other child um, some support, the, the, I'm talking about the perpetrator, if you don't get some support, counseling, and real serious, like, uh, support for that type of behavior, to correct that behavior, they may start doing it again. They might be like, okay, well, my family covered it up, so, you know, I could just do it again. So you have to be just really careful on how to choose to address family issues within, you know, siblings and all of that, because it's a very touchy situation. And I know that it's a very difficult situation. You don't want the child, you know, you don't want to put the child in jail But you definitely want to make sure that you do address the behavior and get them help because a lot of times they do it once, they'll do it again. And they'll start to feel more comfortable to do it. So we have to be careful how we're addressing these issues at home.
1: Right. Right, and when you're talking about, yeah, about the kids. You know, a a child abusing another child um, in that way a lot of times it's because they're trying to assert their authority. They're trying to, you know, feel the same authority that they don't feel when it's being done to them. And so, um, and then, you know, if it's part of the family like we're talking about, and has been part of the family for a while, then you've got that whole generational thing where you are it's just kind of assumed it's just going to happen, you know, and I think that that's how a lot of the generational um, sexual abuse happens is just kind of that complacency of it's just going to probably happen, so there's nothing we can do about it.
4: Yeah, that's, that's, problem. That's, mm-hmm. the pro- that's one of the problems because it's very hard to change the minds of the entire family, inf- mm-hmm. uh, educate and inform the entire family. You're not going to do that. It doesn't happen very often. What you can do is, um, and unfortunately it often uh, means that they have to be abused, but you can approach one member of the family, you know, at a time, and and kind of give them the opportunity to heal, and maybe you know, maybe they can bring another si- sibling or something like that into the light. But these problems they persist because they're tough to they're tough to correct, and they're passed on yeah. from generation to generation. And and occasionally one person breaks out, and that person's family will be healthier than, than their, than their own family. You know, the the, the kids they raise and the, the, the spouse they, they choose, you know, will be a better choice, but it won't, it won't, it won't go back to the original family. You know, it doesn't go backwards. So, yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that we uh, do uh, stand ready to, to share our own story, for example, you know, because that's, the one thing that generally impresses people unless they are themselves so uh hurt that that they don't want to hear it and they'll and they'll react in in a different way, but most people are kind of surprised because they didn't know that they knew somebody that was abused you know they just don't know they know it happens but not to not to anybody I know, and of course that's wrong. <laughs> There are abused people on every block in the country. <laughs> you know, uh, it's mm. all around yeah. us all the time. <laughs> but um, I'm just yeah. making the point that it, you know, this is a tough. It's a tough uh, thing we're asking each other to do.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right, Mr. Um, Phil, do you have any comments? Let me see. Any, anything that you'd like me. to add? Oh, hold on, you Ever. I'll be back, Um, were you
4: talking to me? He. I think Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Phil. <laughs> hey, Philip. How
1: are you? Hello. Did you have anything to say?
4: Um, no, but I'm enjoying the conversation
0: mm-hmm. so far.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Well.
2: It looks like maybe Miss Carol is calling in. Mm-hmm. Do you something
0: to say? We have her hey, on. Hey, Carol. Hey, how you
2: doing? Hello, Carol. Hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? So, um, oh yeah, I just got in. What, what's the topic tonight? What are you guys talking about? Oh. <coughs> uh, how do you, approach, you don't have anything. How to approach? Somebody, kids somebody's laughing at me, man. Go ahead.
4: We're talking about how to approach kids and families when. To to try and educate them to, well, the the show has touched on a number of things, but it it has to do with prevention and intervention and how to how to pass that information on to individuals or groups uh, Mm -hmm. to try and get them to, you know, to educate them.
2: That's a good that's a good topic. Yes, it is, and uh, it's something that is learned by um, with the survivors over the years when we do our presentations and so forth.
0: And um, I,
2: I remember years ago when I started doing presentations, I didn't know how to do presentations, and but I thought I'd try, and I did. You have to be quiet. Mommy's on the phone. That's my cat. She's very spoiled. But anyway, um, in the process of trying to do presentations and educate people, um, first of all, you have to watch your audience, okay, because <clears throat> what you're speaking about... I had to answer this a uh, question earlier today um, about this Some people don't want to hear about childhood sexual abuse. Okay? And they'll just turn and walk away and then you have then you have those and there's a reason for that. Okay? Um, maybe they've been abused themselves and they can't handle listening to it um, no, we, I, just,
4: we just we just talked about this Oh, I I I
2: wasn't there. I know. Okay, I'm
4: trying to inform you.
2: (laughs) Okay, all right, all right, Mister. So, I'll finish my sentence, though. Okay, that'll do. Sure. And then I'll be quiet, and then I'll I'll catch up to where you guys are at. Oh right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I think I think that's a good idea. So anyway. uh, another time I was uh, in the university in Centenary and they were fidgeting around their seats And I found out later on that a lot of them had been abused So you have to watch your wording, you have to watch your audience um, And when you, uh, it's a good thing to do, you have to do it Because it's going to be we the survivors, I believe this, this is my opinion We the survivors who are going to make the difference in uh, people healing and, and getting the word out there and um, it's up to us because there isn't enough people doing it unless we do it. And who better to do it than we? So that's my answer. <laughs> well, it's you know, you know who, better,
3: who better to do it than we when we have had the history, we have been through it, we know what it feels like not to be heard. We know what it, what it feels like not to be believed and not to feel safe enough to talk about it. And so the work that we're doing in the community really does matter. I think it's so important that we do get involved. When we get strong enough to be able to do it, we're needed.
2: That's right. Yeah. That's right. You shake. A lot of times people are shaky. At first, but it doesn't matter because as you do it a couple of times, um, you learn how to do it. And then I've been doing it for years, you know, so I get up there and maybe people tell me, you know, Okay, we've heard enough, thank you, wonderful, blah, 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 the whole bunch of applause and it's over with. It can last for an hour, it can last for two hours with me. You know, it depends on what the subject matter is and how many people are there. Okay? But the point is, whether we do presentations or whether we write books or whether we, um, you know, have music. My son, he likes to write a lot of music about abuse. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, things like that and get it out there um, It's it's a way of spreading the word And another thing, too, that I said today earlier to someone um, April is, yes, and, uh, Ronald Reagan is actually President Reagan is the one that actually passed that law I think it was in 1983 Don't quote me on that I have to look it up But that, that April was going to be designated as Child Abuse Awareness Month Prevention, uh, Awareness Month And um, I was really happy when it happened, but it took a long time to take off, okay? And it took years before, you know, people actually caught on that this is something that needs to be addressed. And we, the survivors, are the people that are going to make the most um, uh, dent, okay, dent. I like to say dent in the statistics because we have the most knowledge. I learned that. Because um, one time I had to speak to a lot of police officers. They didn't know nearly enough about child abuse. Another time, even some professors didn't know enough about child abuse. So I had to educate them with what I know about it. And I've worked with it, too. So, you know, this is something that's still like a learning process for a lot of people. And if we don't get out there and do it, but I say... Don't just do it for the month of April. If you can do it throughout the year, okay, throughout the year. I mean, it's, you know, find places where you can speak, um, or whatever it is you do. Like I have, um, I have portraits in my house that Nazca people had actually made. I, I told them ahead of time. I did buy them from them. Um, you know, to have like a little girl who looks totally, totally lost. Oh, that would have been me, <laughs> okay, and and a lot of me's out there, all right. And to make her look sad and lonely and scared, she did a fine job. And then I said, "Have a little boy who's been beaten and he's crying," and she did a fine job. And at that presentation, they actually took pictures of the pictures, and I, I was so pleased. Now you see, the more we do things like this. It, it makes a difference because people do learn and certainly always have paperwork. I take a lot of things right off of our, our, our website, you know, like uh, there's two of them. There's uh, the 10 signs of child abuse, and then there's one that has 17 signs. Either one or two are fine. And I go to stores, and uh, at times I do go to daycare centers. I did that more before the COVID, okay, and uh, but now I can get back to that. And, and talk to the um, people inside. Make sure that they have a sign up on the wall where it says that they're director and they've had you know school education. They've had education in uh, childhood training and all this stuff. Because I, I ran into that a couple times where they didn't have nearly enough. And I have taught some of their staff about what we know at NASCAR,, Okay, about child abuse and what to look for, the signs of. So all, right. all throughout well, what? the year, all throughout the year, though, this is my point. All throughout the year, if we make, um, you know, if you don't have a copy machine at home, go to Staples or something, make some um, copies, and and just go into stores like ShopRite. I don't know if you guys have ShopRite near you or anything, but it's, um, you know, it's it's a food store, ShopRite. And they're very, very uh, friendly, okay, to let me put up things like that. You put it on the bulletin board. Because right, people go over to have, the bulletin board, Carol, we, and, and we they look to, for cars and stuff, we, for, you know, for sale. And so you put that up instead. And, uh, you know, so there's all kinds of ways of doing it, laundromats, um, other stores. You have to ask, though, ahead of time. Go ahead, whoever was talking. Sorry.
4: It's it's me, and I want to make this a discussion because, you know, you, you kind of go on and on and on, and I understand you have a lot to say and a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. to say, but... So did the other people on the panel. So uh, we want to go around. One. You know, yeah, go ahead. Kind of around the horn. Um, we got Kim and, and Nancy and Phil with us too. So okay. Um, yeah, Kim is actually good. is it Kim, that's, is Kim hosting or is well, – it doesn't matter? Kim and Nancy mm-hmm. and Phil. It doesn't
3: matter. It's Nancy, but it doesn't matter. Okay, I did want to say something. This um, uh, the Carol made a good point uh, about sticking things on the bulletin. I think that that's so important. I mean, all of us can do something. Anything, every little thing, even though it seems little to us, is making a big impact in helping to create this change. We're part of the movement, and our voices do matter. And I think that a lot of us have lost our voices. (laughs) Funny enough, I'm just getting my voice back from uh, being sick. But many of us have lost our voice when we were abused. We weren't. We weren't able to say no. We weren't able to speak up. We weren't able to to to, to fight back. And so today, with all the resources, um, that was a good point that Miss Carol was making because there are a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of ways now that we can let our voice be heard. And the fact that we do have this month, it could be the start for somebody who hasn't. Ever been ready to share and come out to really see others coming out and probably, hopefully, be empowered to start coming out themselves. So we should be posting about this month. That's a start, and hopefully, will roll into them continuing to push forward in the movement
0: for recovery. Right. Great. Anybody else? Uh, I mean, we, we put look,
3: we put, we put information when people are missing their pets. Okay, when people are missing their pets, yeah. they yeah. put they put flyers all over the neighborhood, and it's okay, right. you know. So we have to make sure that we share. Hey, uh, and and somebody made this statement last week. Um, one of the guests they said neighbors will. Uh, call the police on you if you touch their trash. If they see you touching their trash, they'll call the police. But if they see a child being abused, they turn their heads the other way. Why is that? Nobody wants to talk about it. People want to mind their business. That's why? a
4: very good point. That's a very good point.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, I don't
4: know if, if I may. Yeah, I mean, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's why you know, there still is a taboo. It's in our, right in our mission statement. <laughs> there is a taboo, especially about sexual abuse of children, uh, that we have to break break apart, break, you know, break it down, get over it, and help other people get over it. They're not going to instantly get, get over it, by the way. And we have to be kind of gentle on them, if you want, uh, to get them to understand, because if you go in there with guns blazing, and you tell them how come you don't understand? Well, they, you know, you lose them. They back off. Um, but if you tell them sort of more gently that, um, that you know we have a problem and uh, we all can participate in the solution, it's not a great, it's not a, it's not a pretty thing to talk about. It's kind of ugly, but talk about it. You know, we stand to lose the health health of lots of kids. So here we go, you know. And if you do that, they'll listen. But if, if you go in there mm-hmm. telling them, you know, with a loud voice and with fingers pointed at them, why don't you get this? <laughs> we'll lose them right away. So I think the presentation is really important. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, how it's done.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Thank you. Thanks,
1: Carol. Yeah,
2: I have – oh, go ahead. Well, let me say something. Um, it's about the presentation, but it's also about the way that you're addressed or presented, that's a better word, you know, to the audience. And one thing that's good about um, places like universities, which I tend to favor, I, I have done it in churches, believe it or not, and that was good, too. Not Catholic ones, Joe oh, Bill. No, I haven't gotten near yet. He and I are Catholic. But anyway, um, The way that they introduce you, the introduction sort of like sets a certain, you know, way that the uh, people are going to think about you and and how you can approach them. And you you do it gently. Yeah, you do. You don't stand there like a a big mouth or anything. So with the proper Mm -hmm. introduction... And um, you have already decided what you're going to say, and I always tape everything, you know, and send it to Bill and put it in the drop box, as he calls it. And I have my daughter do that. Um, it turns out to be uh, an educational uh, night for them, and hopefully, hopefully, um, we get through to them, you know, and, and they, they can keep an eye out, you know, for, you know, the, the signs of child abuse. It's important. And that's why I say it's really up to us because a lot of people um, are afraid of retribution, okay? If you live in an urban area, I've seen this, if you live in an urban area and and you tell on this person down the street who's abusing their child, um, they have a good idea, they figure out who did it, and then they're afraid, you know, um, of being... You know their car vandalized, their home vandalized, um, or actually even actually hurt because of of telling on these people. But that's why we have the one eight hundred number for a child too. And and it's uh, and, and don't forget, you can stay, you don't have to say who you are when you're reporting, not even to the police department. You don't have to. They understand. And uh, they can only do so much, and what they do is uh, they get in touch with, you know, different organizations like Divis, which I'm not so fond of, CPS I like better. Um, They worked with me, and they did a good job. Um, So, you know, I I think, uh, you know, it's up to us, and we can't, and we have made a difference. We have made a difference, and I'll tell you how I know, and then I'll shut up, because I have a big mouth. I like to talk a lot. <laughs> um, years ago, when I first started on this show, 12 years ago, um, there was only one book that was written just like mine, a memoir, and uh, my book has gone to Japan, and now it's in, in Down Under. I don't know why, but it's there, and I, I don't care. It's all over the place, and um People weren't talking much about child abuse. They didn't want to hear what I had to say or anyone had to say. And they didn't care about those type of books either. And then all of a sudden there was a huge change. I'd say maybe five years later especially, a huge change, because I wrote my first book on this subject. It was in 2008. So about five years later, oh, yes, there was definitely a change by then. And now look how many books are out there on people with their memoirs, and and just child abuse in general. And I would love to see more books, children's books. I think that's really important because it helps the parents to talk to their children about, you know, what to look out for because of the illustrations and age-appropriate, you know, type of things in the book. So, see, we do make a difference. We do. So don't ever think that we don't. I rest my case.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, you know, Kim was talking yes, about that too, and I, I, I want to Tim to comment. Yeah, I haven't been in a while, but the children's books thing—that is really important because it's a easier way to get the message across, a softer way. Again, and um, that's a, that's a, that's what helps. You know, if you're not. If you don't go in there like a bulldog, you know, it helps. Mm-hmm. Right, Kim?
1: Right. Well, I did have um, about a year ago, because I do go into a lot of preschools, Carol, and um, it, it seems like the, the staff and the parents are interested in knowing more. And um, But I went into a preschool, and this is the first time it happened to me in seven years. They didn't tell the staff what the training was. And I lost five people right off the bat. And it, oh. it, it, they'd be very aware, again, too, that you can't do that. Like Carol was saying earlier, I think, you can't surprise people. They have to be ready for this, <laughs> right. and especially if it's something like that. So I felt really kind of bad that, um, you know, the director didn't tell the staff what they were there for. Because if um, you are struggling with That's your crazy. own story, then it could be pretty hard. Yeah. because so I just wanted to make sure everybody came. And I was like, yeah, let's not do that again.
2: <laughs> let's do that
1: again. That's not good. But, um, yeah, there is there is a lot of people that want to know what's going on. And I've been out um, with our books, with Dr. Pamela Hines with the lead author on and I have one of my part of my story in there and then I also have a section that's called at the end of everybody's story we have a practice and so the practice section talks a little bit about the five steps that I do when I go out and, and teach darkness to light and so I was just out doing that today and I've got it in a couple libraries and um, and I, I left it at the Barnes and Noble so that Mm -hmm. they can evaluate it and see if they're going to let it come in. But, um, yeah, just getting that story out everywhere that we can. And it's a good excuse. You know, it is good to do it all year round. But April's a good excuse to get out there and and do it. And there's a lot of people that do pinwheels as well. And when I was at my house (laughs) for several years, I did a pinwheel garden down at my house um, and you know, that's another way that you can show that you're the one that's going to be there for them, and I know that my grandchildren know where I stand and even as you know, a little tiny five year old, my granddaughter used to get worried if I didn't wear my blue pins, the little blue pins that that Bill has and had given out years ago. Um, I still wear those all over the place because people all ask what's the ribbon for and that gives you an opportunity to, to tell them what you're doing and why you advocate for what you're doing.
2: Anyone else? Anyone <laughs> have any questions? Well, I, I think that um Anything that any of us do is better than doing nothing, okay? And and I'm sitting here thinking, my God, years ago, I was always like a Snoopy kid. <laughs> and when I was growing up, the adults were in one room, and the kids were in another room. And I never knew where I was going to live. I had problems with this. People know my story. They know what I'm talking about. So... I was at this house, and and I I put my ear against a a swinging door because I wanted to hear what the adults were saying, you know. And all of a sudden, bang, and I went flying (laughs) across the room. Hurt my ear, too. And, you see, if we don't talk about the experiences that we have, they're very, very important. They're very important. Even something as simple as that. What did I just say in that sentence? I said, I never knew where I was going to live. And I wanted to hear what the adults were speaking about. Because, you see, they were keeping it from we kids. And today, like people still say, I don't want to tell my kids about child sexual abuse. I want them to stay innocent. We don't live in an innocent world. So, you see, I I think it's very important um, that people who work with, you know, parents, Kim, you do that, don't you, I think? Yeah, I educate you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I educate Okay. Yeah. And and see, that's so, so, so important because um, there are a lot of parents that do love their children, and then, of course, there's those that don't. They don't care, right? And um, But those who do want to do the right thing need to be educated and, and tell them why. Tell them why so they don't come out with stupid remarks, which I continuously hear, even to this day. I want to keep my children innocent for as long as I can. And they just don't know yeah, that they're you. being, yeah, they don't know they're being so... Ignorant in that sense
3: Yeah, and we actually we talked About that earlier um, today sorry I had a lot of noise that's why I was muted Uh, Mm -hmm. But you know We talked about that earlier we talked about The fact that a lot of parents You know they went through abuse And they want to protect Their children By keeping them As safe as possible and allowing Them to enjoy their childhood And sometimes they feel That Having these conversations will just create, it'll take away their innocence, basically. And, uh, you know, what we're talking about is that, uh, you know, there are ways that you can introduce these conversations to your children where you can also feel comfortable. We did talk about that, and Ms. Kim was sharing some tips, how parents could start to feel comfortable having these conversations with the children, because we have to create that Safe environment where the kids can talk about this. This is a topic that has to be addressed. If the children are not prepared or know what's going on, they won't know how to recognize the signs of abuse when it starts, if, if it gets to them. And we just want to make sure that we give them the tools and we empower them to know what those, what was right and what's wrong and how to better, how to navigate through a situation like that. And so, you know, some parents, like I said, some of us who have been through abuse, yeah, that's not the best way to think, but because you're not educated, you're thinking like that because you're trying to protect that child that you couldn't protect yourself, that child that you were back then. And so you're thinking that you're doing the best by protecting them and keeping them away from everything. But when they go to school or they go to a cousin's house or they go to the restroom, you know, and I'm gonna say this quickly so that we have time for somebody else to share, but uh I went to I was at Home Depot and I went to the restroom and I saw and I was getting ready to I was coming out of the, the, the bathroom the salt. And I saw this cute, little, blonde, beautiful little girl. She was, she was like my granddaughter's thing. She was like four or five years old max, okay? She came mm-hmm. in, and she went in the stall while I was washing my hands. Right away, the first thing I said to myself is, somebody, not me, somebody could have just grab that little girl, hurt her, and killed her. That's right. I walk out of, this, I, I walk out of the bathroom. And I see the mom on the phone talking. She's like, you know, talking on the phone or whatever. So I guess she, you know, with her cart. So I guess her cart was full. And she just said, okay, I'm going to stay out here with the cart right in front of the door. You go ahead and go in. She was distracted. She did not even look at me when I walked out. So she wouldn't even be able to recognize who the person was who hurt her child. But anyways, I went to the store, did whatever. By the time I came back around, she was still outside the door, so I guess her daughter probably really needed to go to the bathroom because she was still in there. And the father now was talking to the mother, and they and she was still on the phone. They were distracted. And I was just like, you cannot send a little child in the bathroom by themselves. Okay. There are perpetrators everywhere. We have to do better. We have to educate ourselves on how to better educate our children and we have to have these uncomfortable conversations. All right.
0: Yeah, I'm time with
1: that too, Dr. Nancy. I, I tell every time I'm with my grandchildren and we're at a restaurant, I go with them because their parents will let them go the relax okay. themselves. And I mean, like we said earlier, there's only, usually, it's only about 10% <laughs> abuse. You know strangers, strangers kids, um usually it's somebody mm-hmm. you know but who yeah. wants to take that chance with that, with their child mm-hmm. or their grandchild I don't, and um you know, mm-hmm. I think that with my family, somehow it has gotten unfortunately um, my my kids to some degree, even though they've taken this class darkness to light to of children's class years ago. Um, they'll still do things like that, and it drives me crazy. But I also think that Mm -hmm. because I was so strict, there's a possibility that they're not, you know, because we always do kind of the opposite of the family, what your family did. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have strict upbringing. I was pretty much on my own. And so I was more strict with my kids. I wanted them to have Mm -hmm. boundaries and, you know, have routines and be in the same place you know, for the time that they're growing up. So um, it's funny how Mm -hmm. sometimes they switch on you like that. So it's hard to get through. Sometimes your family members are the hardest ones, even if you have an education program like I did that doesn't have anything to do with me.
3: I agree. No, it's
1: not a reflection on you. Yeah, it's not a
3: reflection of you, especially if you did your part to educate them. There's things that you know my three sons, I have no complaints for so my daughter, I love my daughter, but yeah, i mean some some kids just you know they choose their own road and um and we would like them to kind of take i mean we're advocating so much about this, we would want certain things you know for them to take it a certain way, but all we can do is introduce the information, try our best and uh, keep doing the work that we're doing in the community as well.
0: Well
3: mm-hmm. we're doing a pretty good job.
2: I say so myself. Bill, yeah. let me ask you something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
2: do you remember years ago we had this guy, his last name was Daddy, D-A-T-I-E, Daddy, Daddy. on our show? Yeah. 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 yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, now. I would love to have him back on. I don't know if he'll come on, but I would love to have him back on because it goes in line with what we were just talking about—stores. He'll come back. Good. Definitely. Be-
0: yeah. Oh, I, I, I would to love to have
2: maybe, him.
4: I spoke to him maybe two months ago, and we haven't—we haven't had him on the show for years. I know. Taci. Yeah. Taci. Yeah.
2: And see, so that's that. This goes right in line because there was that, that terrible, vicious um, sex offender very well known which one was his name god there were several that were just disgusting and he got a hold of him oh, because it was, you see, uh,
4: john wayne Gacy. yes,
2: yes. And, and that's right
4: was a, patrick was a g- g- kid that grew up in chicago and john wayne Gacy did too I and mean, he lived there mm-hmm. and um he approached patrick before he became to became a a, a serial killer we think mm-hmm. that Patrick could have been like a trial run, uh, and he he escaped because he was an early uh, a victim of John Wayne Gacy. Of course, John Wayne Gacy killed like thirty something beat kids, you know, boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, yeah, get him back. Get
2: well, get him back for goodness' sake because that's that that is so important because he was alone. What oh, were they Macy's or something like that? I think it was Macy's. It was I don't a store. Was a
4: gross, that's right. It was a um, uh, what do you call it? A department store, like you know, clothing department yeah. store, regular. Yeah.
2: So he had gone and into the,
0: the the um, yeah
2: he'd gone into the bathroom, and that mm-hmm. monster, because I call them more monsters, came in, and and uh, that was awful. I'm not going to tell the story yeah. because you can get him back on. Let him tell the story, yeah, and uh, that would be a, a great person to um, you know have on sure. the show. Yeah,
3: yes, you would. Uh-huh. Basically, we a
2: lot
3: yeah, of. You know,
4: you I just, went back in the, uh, to earlier years. You know, we have all the years or many of the years um, linked on the front page, year by year by year, as you may know, all the radio shows. And I went back to some of the early ones, and I recognized names that I haven't heard in a long time I haven't been on the show for a long time and I think you know if we approached some of these people, they would be happy to come back not, they' didn't have bad experiences you know
0: mm-hmm. um
4: and they are they're all you know early members of NASCA, so they understand the mission you know and what we're trying to do, but we've just lost track of them so um that's that's one way we could, you know, sort of fill up our, our uh, guest slots, which, mm-hmm. you know, it bothers me that we, we're we not doing so well with that.
0: <clears throat> but
4: I think the people that we've been having recently are kind of burned out on it, so we've got to go back to people who haven't been on recently. You know, if, if mm-hmm. they've not been on in four or five years or longer, and we go back 10 years and 12 years, <laughs> Um, we can get some of that, I think Yeah
2: Well, it's worth a try, okay I, I don't is. know whether we can or not But, because uh, yeah. a lot of things can happen in people's lives some of, them, some of them go backwards, you know, in their healing journey And they well, don't want to be bothered, you know right. a- Anything can happen but Or they move it's forward Like the
4: alcoholic that drinks, you
2: know yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I was near a whole bunch of alcohol this weekend And I'm just so good They kept saying, have one. One's not going to hurt you. One, come on. It's a birthday party. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't Uh, have it. Of course. I wanted it. (laughs) I really did. But I figure I'm a clown enough without it anyway, so I don't need it.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, that was good um, that you guys shared that person's story and that they went through something similar to that situation with the bathroom self. Uh-huh. That just like I like I said, that just was a confirmation again that we just have to be safe and we have to try our best. Just you're never too you're never gonna be too safe. Some people will be like, oh, you know, people are saying that I'm being I'm overreacting. Forget those people. Don't okay. worry about what people are thinking if you're overreacting. Use your common sense and do what you need to do to protect your child. And if you see something, you say something. You know. I, I felt like maybe I should have said something to the mother in a nice way. I, I feel like maybe I should have said, you know, I just want to say to you, I'm a survivor of um, child sexual abuse, and I noticed that you sent your daughter in there. I just wanted to say, please be careful because there's all kinds of crazy people out here. You know, I'm coming from a place of love. And I'm sure she probably, she probably would have got offended. But my mouth at that moment, my, my mouth was just open, like, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? And I ended up minding my business. And this is something that she may keep continue to do and not think anything of it because she's probably had a wonderful life, never went through that type of uh, abuse. So it's not in the front of her mind like it is in the front of some of our minds because we talk about it and we've been through it. Some people innocently, they're not even thinking like that. And I feel guilty that I didn't say something. I should have said something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I, I get it. I get it. There was one time that I turned and looked the other way, and I feel to this day, to this day, this kid was getting slapped in the head (laughs) at a mall. And um, I was with my kids, and they were saying, come on, Mom, you know, like, come on. And, And no, look, I shouldn't have listened to them. That's the way I looked at it, and I still look at it that way. Uh, I should have, uh, you know, a lot of times there's police officers in malls, especially today, or at least, uh, you know, security guards. And I always tell people, look for security guards, and then that way they don't have to get involved. All right? He can make like he's seen it. He's observing it, whatever. And uh, then then you don't have to worry about retaliation or someone screaming at you or whatever, you know, trying to hit you back. Because we do, we do have that problem, don't we, you know? So you have to... Um, You know, use your common sense, like you said. But I chose to walk away that day, and I hated myself. I mean, hated myself. I know, but for about six months. Yeah, but you can't. uh,
4: Don't don't carry that with you. It's it's okay. You know, we we all um, come to the we come to the table when we're ready. You know, it's okay, and and we want to let other people know that it's okay for them, too. You know they, they don't, we, you know, they don't have to be in any particular place at any particular time. If they're started now on their sort of healing journey, and it's right now, great. You know, uh, better, than, better than, than never, you know. And, and so it doesn't matter what age they are either. That's another thing. Sometimes people are worried, I'm too old. You know, no, you're not too old and you need help we'll bring we'll we'll help you you know to Mm -hmm. figure this out yeah but uh we have we don't want to miss uh you know the opportunity that we can have with with some of these people so i'd say um you know it's it's okay you know for all of us it's okay where we are it's okay i just found patrick dottie's uh bio so i will send him um, an invitation to come back on the show. And I, we spoke about it, as I say, a couple of months ago, briefly, because we were talking about something else. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm sure he will. <clears throat> I'm sure he will.
2: Yeah, please do, because he's a, yeah. a prime example of what we were speaking about just a little while ago. And, and, and too many people do it. They, they wow. you know. I saw it at Walmart. Um, a little boy just simply, I, I think he was about five, I'd say. And... Um, you know, he just walked into the the men's room all by himself, and I I stood out. what I did was I stood outside the door. I I don't know where his mother was. I can't. I, it was just like he was roaming the store by himself. Right. So yeah. I stood by the door, and I wanted to see if he's going to come out again. <laughs> all right.
4: right.
2: So he he came out.
4: You know. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mhm. That you were going to stop. There. No, I, we I, have
3: two minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
4: well, let me just say the first one of the earliest phone calls I ever got when I made the decision that I was going to go public with NASCA was from a woman who said, I'm in a restaurant and I have a neighbor who's very friendly and he really likes my young son. And uh, so we came to this restaurant together and she says, um, he just offered to take my son to the bathroom. You know, and, and, and I, I don't know if that's a, something I should be worried about or not. I said, oh, my God, you know, yes, yeah, you should be worried.
0: You know
4: you, don't, you know, you just don't give kids over to people you don't really know. You don't. Even if it's a neighbor, you don't know his, his behavior, you know, or what his patterns are, what his – anyway, with only a, a, a few seconds left, I'll stop there, but it's amazing. That was one of the earliest calls ever at Mhm, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: You're going to remember that one. Yes, you are.
4: Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
4: Well, thanks, everybody, it's for exactly having this important. show up. I'll shut up and let you guys close it however you like. <laughs> no,
3: that was it. No, that was great. It, it's so important, again, for us to just talk about it and for us to continue to get educated and support each other in the recovery process. It's not easy, but recovery is possible. And a lot of us are witnesses to that by walking in our own recovery. Uh, again, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you, uh, Philip, for always being supportive, always showing up. Uh, thank you to my wonderful co-host tonight, Ms. Kim. Thank you, Bill, for showing up, and thank you, Ms. Carol. Uh, all of, of us together, we hope make a difference. So we just want to thank everybody for listening and to all a good night. Good Good night. Good night, everybody.
1: Thank you. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking
2: people, what's the
1: weirdest place you've gotten
2: lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.